Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, Builders. It's great to have you on the Build Your Success Podcast today. I am so pleased that you listen to our podcast. We're growing. We're getting more listeners every every week. And, and today we're here to talk about becoming a persuasive and influence speaker. You know, whether you plan to publicly speak or not, there will always be times when you're asked to speak. If you're a leader, someone's going to ask you to speak to a church group, a community group, maybe a high school group. That's how I got started with this. So I've got Kit Payne on the call today. He's going to tell us more about public speaking, but let me tell you a little bit about Kit first. He's a presentation and public speaking coach. He's also a cat dad. He's a public speaking and communication coach at Harvard Business School, and he's also the founder of Boston Speaks. Boston Speaks offers private coaching, group classes, and corporate training to help individuals take their communication and public speaking to the next level. So great to have you on the call today, Kit. How you doing? Great, Brian. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you, and I hope that your audience that's listening right now, you guys need to kick in your butt with your speaking skills. So let's listen and let's do something with it. Well, that's great, kid. So, so tell us, how did you become a public speaker? I became a speaker, uh, it was it's funny, actually. I used to be a hip-hop street performer. Uh, this is in Boston, you know, downtown, Daniel Hall. And whenever I saw speakers speak sometimes, like whenever I'm going around town, I'm like, how the heck are they speaking? How do they get paid to speak? How are they going on panels? And that was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, but to be honest, though, even though I was dancing and, uh, and performing, when it came to speaking, I was actually still kind of shy. Uh, so when I was in college, I entered a public speaking competition because um, the winner could get three thousand dollars. So I did it. I did it for the money. But I I started practicing my butt off. And when I got on stage for that competition, uh, something amazing happened to me. I felt like I'd got, gotten into the zone with public speaking. Uh, you know, growing up as an Asian American uh, in my family, we don't say like "I love you" a lot. We don't hug a lot. So it was. It was different for me to be able to share my emotions on stage, and I loved it ever since, and I wanted more of it. Oh, that's good. So, why do you think public speaking is listed as America's number one fear? You know what it is? It's because uh, anything that we do not do a lot, we probably get scared to do it. Really, you know, if you're in high school or middle school or college or you're at work, we don't get up every single day and talk to a thousand people, but sometimes because of society, they make us do it. So therefore, oh wow, this might be our first time doing it. Or maybe we didn't have a good experience the first few times and we gotta do it again. And so really that's one of the main reasons why people have a fear of public speaking is because we just don't do it a lot. It's like riding a bicycle. The first time you might ride a bicycle, it might seem a little bit scary. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, they say practice makes perfect, so keep trying, keep doing it. It's definitely something you enjoy. Or if you have a message that others need to hear, we want to encourage you to get out and speak to others because 
only you can tell your message. I mean, only, only Kit can tell his message, and only Brian can tell my message, so that's great. So, so what is the difference between persuasive and, and or excuse me, persuasion and influence? So you, you talk about being a persuasive and influence speaker, but what's the difference between those two? Yeah, exactly. Actually, Brian, can I ask you that question first? How would you answer it? What do you think is the difference between persuasion and influence? You know, I really think with the persuasion, I'm actually trying to turn someone. It's more a persuasive uh, action. Whereas with the influence, from from my opinion, is they're looking to me, and they maybe want to emulate what I'm doing. And so that that's the way I see it. So am I even close, kid? Yeah, 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 you're close. So I'm going to say sometimes people, like when they think of sales, they have a bad rep. Like, oh, we don't like to sell people. So here's one of the major differences, and you're, you're, you're hitting the point. Persuasion is what's happening right now in the moment, and influence is gained over term, over long term. Here's, here's what I mean. I'm going to give two different examples. Let's say over Christmas, or you see a family member anytime. Okay? It doesn't have to be Christmas. But your family member says, hey, Brian, I just got the newest iPhone, iPhone 11. I don't need my iPhone 6 anymore. Like, I have no need for it. Do you want it? And for some reason, you know, if you needed it, you'd say, oh, yeah, sure, since you don't need it anymore. Versus, let's say a stranger comes up and it's like, hey, Brian, I just got the iPhone 11, but I don't need my iPhone 6 anymore. Do you want it? Okay? Now, with the stranger, you might feel a little bit like, okay, like, what's, what's the deal? Uh, did you want something for me? But, Let's say this. If the stranger can really persuade you in the moment the things that he or she is doing to make you want want that iPhone 6, that is persuasion. But let's say you you get biased remorse afterwards. That part is the influence. Or let me explain it this way. Uh, if you're playing the piano, okay, when we're listening to someone playing the piano, what they're doing is persuasion in the moment they're playing a song. Influence is the 10 years that they took to learn how to play the piano. So, again, persuasion, like you're hitting, the, uh, you were saying this earlier, persuasion is what's happening in the moment, the stuff that you're doing, and I can get um, I can talk about this later on, and influence is the trust and the relationship that is built over time. Does that make sense? Definitely, kid. You said it a whole lot better than I did, so thank you for <laughs> Good, that's great. Yeah, and I think honestly, you know, influence is, is, is as you alluded to, is going to take time. You got to build that that trust and, and that people that like you, they know you, they like you, and trust you. Then you can then begin to influence them. You might be yeah, able to persuade exactly. someone with, with a one-time speech. So uh, yeah, I definitely understand that. I appreciate you for elaborating on that. Yeah, so, exactly. What do you do? Not only as a a public speaker, but as a coach to help people create content. You know, we have something that speak that we want to speak about. How do we how do we grow our content for our for our speaking engagements? Yeah, thank you for asking that. The first thing uh, when you, when you're asking that is you have to treat speaking like cooking. Uh, Brian, do you, do you like to cook? You know, I don't cook very much. I, I do a little bit of barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, barbecue. Let's say this. Right? Let's say you're cooking for someone who's a vegan. Okay, if you don't know anything about the person and you cook that person uh, 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 some chicken, 
and act some barbecue sauce on it, the audience is going to be like, I, oh, I don't eat chicken. I'm a vegan. Why did you cook me chicken? Okay? So here's the thing, Brian. You can, you can make the best chicken in the world, but if your audience don't even want it in the first place, they won't take it. And that's the same thing with content. You first have to, if you want to create content, the first step is understanding your audience, just by cooking, right? After you understand, okay, my, my, my audience is vegetarian, vegan, then it comes back to your creativity and how you can put your experiences and you put your recipes, your salt and your pepper to try to make a dish that they would like. Um, so the first step is to really understand your audience, what do they want, what do they not want, why are they in front of you. Um, once you think about it from the, from the audience perspective, you'll get a lot of content. Um, negotiators, they, they spend 65%, 70% of the time researching about the audience before they even get into that negotiation. So that's why um, listening is actually so important when, it, you know, when, when we're trying to become speakers. Yeah, you know that knowing your audience, I have to be a John Maxwell coach, trainer, and speaker that trained by John Maxwell, and he loves to talk about knowing that audience, interviewing the audience. He told he's got hundreds of speeches ready to go, but he'll he'll customize them to the audience that's in front of him, uh, and ask questions to find out who that is. So that's great advice. Uh, so what are some other techniques for getting to know your audience? I mean, what what can you do to do that? Yeah, you know, Brian, I think it's very simple. Most people just don't do this. Uh, this happens in organizations, and, you know, as entrepreneurs, as speakers. We sometimes think we have to come up with all the content. Just ask them. It's kind of like giving people a Christmas gift. Of course, people say they don't, they don't want anything. But if you really ask someone, and if they really tell you, hey, this is what I want for Christmas, and you give it to them, they'll probably be very happy, okay? Uh, most of the time, we're assuming, oh, for Christmas, we think they want that. But if you ask anyone who's ever received a Christmas gift, <laughs> I think most of them would say, <laughs> they probably do not need this Christmas gift. Um, so one of the best things that you can do is try to ask your audience. You can literally ask them in person. You can send out a survey. You can go on online forums now and see what people want. Uh, nothing, nothing, everything has been created already. You can go on Google to see what's the pain. You can go on Quora. You can go to Facebook communities, LinkedIn communities, whatever communities. You can ask in your Facebook group. Uh, but ask, ask, ask. Yeah, definitely. So, so I think being inquisitive is, is a great component of this. And then being prepared. So, so, researching and knowing your audience, knowing who you're about to speak to, what motivates them, and, and how can you speak to them. Because, you know, we're only going to listen when something intrigues us, when we're, when we're encouraged mm-hmm. and inspired by it. So, you know, and, and speaking in someone's language. And, and I'm not talking about their historical language or, their, or their, the country they're from. I'm even talking about some of their personality types or, or whatever trade organization it is, knowing their language, key words that, that mean something to them and using those and planting those seeds in your speech, that, that's good. So uh, 
Exactly. Actually, actually, Brian, I'm sorry to cut you off. I want to ask you that question too. When you were, you know, just saying that you used to speak to high school students, how do you think you, throughout the years, that you improved your speaking when you were talking to those high school students? Like, how, what made you improve, or what, what was it that uh, you did or experienced? One thing that I love to do is, is, is relate, make, make what I'm speaking to them about be relatable to the moment. And so if I'm in a high school and they've got, cause I'm talking about construction because that's my background and that's my passion is, is introducing young people to construction. So I talk to them about the floor tiles on the floor. Usually they're going to be a one foot, a one foot floor tile in a classroom. And so mm-hmm. I start to explain to them how that geometry works and how, why we need to understand that 12 times 10 is 120 square feet. And so I like to show them the reality and, and, and talk to them about how they can use what they're learning in the future. Because I don't know that all of our educators make that connect. They love to teach. They love to instruct. But sometimes some of them don't even have the real-world experience to explain to the students. So that's what I'm passionate about. And, and, and try to get on the student's level where I'm not speaking over their head. That, that's the other thing I yeah. try to do. So something I yeah. realize. Uh, no, I, I have to say, you know, going back to what you're saying, you're, 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 you're hitting it dead on. You, as a speaker, you have to know how to use your experience and make it meaningful for the audience. Most of the time, uh, sometimes people say, well, I don't have any stories. I don't have any experiences. But do you know what they say about geniuses? Geniuses know how to connect unrelated things to their own field, and it's a whole new thing. Uh, for example, uh, Brian, I'm not sure if you remember this, but you know how um, the drive through banks, they have a drive throughs and they have a, a, a thing that goes through so you can get your check and put the check in? You know what I'm talking about? So let's talk about making something relatable. On a couple of podcasts ago, I, I, I said yeah. that I happen to be part of the, um, uh, and I just lost it. I'm actually a Generation X, but my, my children thought uh-huh. I was, was part of the, the, the boomers. And I'm not uh-huh. a boomer, so I'll just make that statement. But definitely I, I remember the, the bank drive throughs because I'm, I have to be 43 years old, and, and that, that was the way we did it. You know, bank drive throughs is the way we did it. So I, I know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if it exists right now, but but you know the the, the fast food industry did not come up with the, uh, the drive-thrus. Someone saw it at a bank first, and they introduced it to the fast food industry. And that's exactly like when you're saying, Brian, you go in there, you talk about construction, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking your own experiences, which might seem unrelated at first, but you're connecting them so the audience and can learn something about it that will help them improve their lives. Um, and that's what great leaders do. They know how to use uh, a common experience, something that they experience, that other people experience, and then, you know, a personal experience, something we all experience, but it's, it's that, it's that uh, key to connection that makes it uh, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you have an example where you've done that? Because I gave you mine, so what's yours, kid? Yeah, so mine is, I, I really, as a, as a speaker, I'm just talking about speaking. You really have to know what your, it sounds corny, but your superpower, okay? Every speaker, you already do this no matter, no matter what. 
every speaker and you give them the same topic, they will do it completely different. Okay, let's say the topic is um, cooking. The Dalai Lama will do it completely different from Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins will completely will do it differently from you, Brian. Right? So you have to know your superpowers at the end of the day. So here's mine. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a keynote, a workshop, or I speak for 10 minutes. One of my superpowers is I like to make it interactive. And so the first, within the first five minutes, even though this is a 60-minute talk, I am going to put in something interactive, even if all the seats are facing my way. Uh, another thing that I like to do, I like to share stories, personal stories. Uh, and lastly, I always like to turn this back to the audience, and I like to really think about how they can gain from the most experience. Uh, so those are the three ways that I, I like to do it. Uh, so it's really understanding the, the superpower, and how can you use that every single time. Because if those things are not in your presentation, that means something is missing. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and, and you're showing me how to do that today on the podcast, that turn turn back, turn around uh, to the audience. I, I'm enjoying this. I like, I like the back and forth. So I'm going to recap yeah. a little bit here. You said know your audience. You said use yeah. stories. And I, I always, you know, speakers that get up and don't have some stories make for a really long time. You're watching the clock at that point. And I didn't know yeah. your superpower. I think that's something that, that is unique that you just described to me that all of us need to consider. What, is, what, what do you have that is uniquely you that you can use to make better presentations and better speeches? Of course, make it interactive. Let, let's get people out of their seats. Let's get them engaged. Let's have them part of this. And then turn it around on the audience. Uh, you, that one you definitely taught me today, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking note of that one. So what else yeah. do you do to help, help people learn, especially like someone just never done it before? How do they take that first step and, and go out, you know, someone asked them, will you come speak to this organization, this group? How can you get them out there? Take that first step. I think when it comes to, uh, and, and no, Brian, I have to say, I think you asked great questions. But when it comes to getting out there and getting your first step, it, it, it is kind of sometimes very scary. You know, public speaking is kind of like bungee jumping. You know, some people might see it and say, oh, no, it, it looks way too scary. But then those people who really like it, they tried it, and they like the thrill of it. And so for the people that are just getting out there, first of all, yes, it could look very scary, but... It's also, uh, public speaking is unlocking, I think one of the, the great points of living is, a, is another thrill, is another life experience that you definitely, it's kind of like the seven wonders of the world. You should at least experience it, some form of it, uh, in your life. Um, and I'm not sure if you noticed it or ever heard of this, but they asked uh, Warren Buffett and they, and they asked him, what do you think is that one skill people should learn to become, you know, more successful in life? And he said, without a doubt, if you master your public speaking, you will raise your value by 50%. And he, he dropped the number because he said, your public speaking can be an asset instead of a liability every single time you open your mouth. And that's almost every single day. I'd have to agree with that because I think when we're speaking, even now while I'm on this podcast, I'm thinking through that I'm communicating with someone else and an audience. 
And I'm careful with my words, more careful than I would be if I'm just having a regular conversation. And when you can learn to do that, you even use it on one-on-one negotiations, one-on-one conversations, and when you're trying to help others. I, I got to agree with Warren Buffett. Hey, that's a smart guy. He's a smart guy, right? <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> doing something. There's something I want to touch upon, too. Is, uh, when I become, as a leader and, and as a speaker, and if you have a team, I want you to take this message to heart. Your public speaking, the most important one, should be internal team meetings. Because those are the ones that happen it happens weekly, daily, monthly, you know, kickoff. But you should treat your internal meetings and your, your talks to to into the internal team way more important to the external one. Absolutely, yeah, because that's that's where you're at. That's where you're living. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta yeah, be the most exactly. Thing you do, so that's good. Yeah. Well, listen, Kit, it's uh, it's about time to wrap our podcast. How can our listeners get a hold of you in the future? Yeah, the best thing to do is if you go online, bostonspeaks.com, uh, if you're interested in coaching, just want to learn more about public speaking, we have great resources there. Feel free to also connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Kit Ken, P-A-N-G. Thank you, Brian. Absolutely. And for our listeners, I will add that to the description. And we have also at buildcs.net, our website, we've added a space for you to suggest a speaker on the podcast to, to have to be a guest. You can make an application, or you can submit for others. This is a great opportunity for you to try yourself at public speaking and do it on a one-on-one basis, and then it will broadcast. You don't have to look people in the eyeballs for this type of speaking arrangement. So, Kit did that first today. Thank you so much for being here. Listen, for my team here at Build Your Success, we're grateful to have you on the podcast. I thank you for listening today. Please like our podcast, give us an honest rating and review, and share with others. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.